Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Nerd Night Podcast, where today we are going to be talking about how Shakira is still so hot. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerd Night Podcast. I am your co-host, Cole, joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Miss Jada. Hi, guys. And today we're going to be sitting down with you guys and discussing some of our personal saddest moments in anime. Oh boy. So if you're ready to hear me be cold and heartless and watch Jada cry, then Mm -hmm. keep on watching. And real quick, everybody, before we get into the episode... I wanted to let you guys know that Nerd Night now has a Discord server. So if you are interested in joining the community and entering the Nerd Night podcast Discord server, the link is going to be in the description of this podcast and all the podcasts moving forward. Again, that Discord server is open. The link will not be expiring. So at any point, if you would like to join Go ahead and click it and join the Discord. Happy listening. Okay, everybody. So as you heard in our intro today, me and Jada are going to be sitting down and we're going to be talking about some of our personal saddest scenes in anime. So the caveat with this is that we specifically tried to avoid animes that are quote-unquote sad animes Mm -hmm. because it would be too easy and then we would just be like well here's five scenes from erased and these are my saddest five you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah we wanted to you know still have your conventional anime but conventional anime does have sad moments but we didn't want the entire thing to be sad after sad after sad Exactly. So what you're going to hear is that most of the animes we pick from are your typical action fantasy animes that -hmm. just have some sad moments in them. Yeah. So we're going to, ladies, take the wheel as Jada is going to be telling us her first saddest moment in anime. And these are in no particular order, by the way. Mm -hmm. We're just listing them. And if we have time, we'll throw in a couple honorable mentions. And the biggest thing of all, which we almost forgot, Jada. Oh, yes. Big spoiler alert. A lot of these sad moments include the death of characters. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to say what the anime is first, and if you guys are watching it, haven't watched it yet and want to, then skip that one. Yes. Just skip it. So, Jada, number one, what's your first one? Um, number one, I have Helsing. Um, more Helsing Ultimate because it's it's where this character dies at that we see, and it's better. And it it is better actually. It gets it gets more into the manga. It shows you more of the characters and their trials and all that stuff. So I do love that more than the original Helsing. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What do you think Alucard's uh, zodiac sign is? Aries. Is that just because he like wears red and there's fire? 
No, because he's arrogant <laughs> and wants to be the center of attention. I'm seeing like Capricorn vibes. I have a lot of friends who are Capricorns. One of my best friends, Miranda, is a Capricorn. Uh, but Capricorns, they're especially Capricorn men. They're very like, what is the word I'm looking for that is kind? <laughs> um, they're very like motivated by their goals in kind of like a fierce way. I can agree with that. I, I just feel like um, Capricorns have a more subtle and um, like, what's that also word that I'm trying to he's very like ostentatious yeah which makes me think that he's a fire sign because you know if you think of Leo's Aries like they're all like crazy and in your face about stuff but they are born leaders you know and I think like Capricorns in my opinion are like the second because they do lead and they do have that like you know earth just strong independent person will but they're not as flashy as the fire signs i mean maybe he's a capricorn aries cusp i mean that's not physically possible but maybe i mean he might be but i think he too flashy to be earth sign okay okay but okay go on um yes so (laughs) speaking of alcohol um The sad scene, the saddest scene to me in Helsing was his death. So, <laughs> um, so dang, this was such, I, I got to preface this for this entire episode. Jada cried. Obviously me and Cole, we do a bunch of research before we uh, record our episodes, just to make sure we know we have notes, all that stuff. Well, so- and if it's something like this that mm-hmm. is requiring the feeling you the know this feeling? is very much so a feeling mm-hmm. a yep. je ne sais quoi as mm-hmm, some might mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. uh those being the french and the french canadians <laughs> hey <laughs> all of you quebecs but anyways it requires the feeling and for that memory to still be very prominent in your head. So last night, me and Jada sat down together on a call and rewatched all of these so that the feeling is still fresh in our minds. And boy, was it fresh. I, like, I'm over it. Just picture this. I'm at my desk. I literally ha- am holding a pillow, trying my hardest not to ugly cry in front of Cole, who is naturally heartless. And he's just sitting there like, mm, dang. She's and I'm dead. losing my mind. <laughs> I'm losing it. So that's going to be the preference for every sad moment I'm talking about because I get attached to characters and I literally lose it. So that all being said, we got Alucard's death. Um, during so leading up to his death it's towards the last few episodes of the season and we are like at the pretty much the finish of the big boss battle like we got our main villain um, the major and he has like everyone pretty much on the ropes and Alucard obviously is a tank so he's going at it but he actually tricks Alucard because there is a scene where Alucard is like drinking the blood of all those that have fallen. And during that scene that no one knows is that Major, one of his subordinates, um, I am so sorry, I'm about to get this name so wrong. It's Russian, okay? (laughs) Please don't be mad at me. It's a Russian name. 
but I think it's Schrodinger. That's the name. So his subordinate, um, Schrodinger, she has, or I'm a, what are their pronouns? I'm not too sure. Just, say, really they. Say, just say that. Yeah. So they have a very special power, which is, I've always thought was very confusing, but they can exist and not exist. It's kind of, their power is being able to be everywhere, but nowhere at the same time. It sounds so, kind of like Izanagi from Naruto. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. Because they're very fluid. They're like, they're able to transport different places, but also transport, the same. transport <laughs> different places, but also, um, they could die multiple times and still come back to life. So that's their ability. My Uh, emotional well-being. Yeah. So Alucard is drinking, he's absorbing the blood of everyone who has fallen. And Strodinger, um, trigger warning, uh, ends their life. And during that, they fall into the river of blood and Alucard is absorbing them without even knowing. So during that time, he kind of feels their power entering his body. And he's just like, oh, shoot. And the major goes on. This is really crazy scene. Um, He's in a blimp and Integra, Alucard's master, is also in that blimp. And she's watching it on the big screen. And the major is explaining how Alucard is absorbing the power of Strogander and being everywhere but nowhere and that's causing his body to kind of because he's not he doesn't have that power he's not used to it so it's causing his body to literally disintegrate into like nothing and that's how he was able to kill the king of vampires and it is such a crazy scene because obviously uh one theme in all of my sad scenes is that the anime music hits so hard when you got one character just screaming, Integra just screaming to Alucard, don't close your eyes, come on, fight through this. And Alucard is slowly feeling himself starting to dis- to disappear. And Integra, her last thing that she yells to Alucard is don't leave me. And Alucard's last words to her as he closes his eyes and it's fading away is, I fear I must disobey you, farewell Integra. And then he just disappears. And the only thing left is his demonic symbol on the ground. And I lose it seeing such a powerful character die, but such like a small thing as drinking the wrong blood. Like it's, that's so crazy. And the major being an absolute jerk and being and explaining his master plan and just laughing and he's just gone. And that tore me. What tore me the most was his last words because it was sincere and it was to his master who he's always had the highest respect for. And Integra being vulnerable in that moment and literally screaming, don't leave me because he's been there since she was small and her dad died and he's protected her for years. And it was just like, (sighs) damn. And so- on a scale of one to 10, 10 being full, like inconsolably sobbing to one being like, you went, ow, how would you rank this? Well, none of these are going to be one. So I'm going to give this a solid seven. Okay. How would you rate your tears? Like 
Was it like a teacup? Was it like a teaspoon? A coffee cup. Oh, okay. Okay. Like it wasn't ugly crying. Like I wasn't snotting and trying to get tissues to like plug up my nose. Screaming mommy. Yeah, but there was tears. Okay. I feel that. I feel that. I have watched Helsing, but it was a while ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I don't remember it too much. That's all good. So my next, Jada, I'm going to need you to bring the energy up. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'm ready here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm up here. I need you to be up here. I'm so ready. Let's go. So my number one is, again, in no particular order, Juzo's breakdown in Tokyo Ghoul. Damn. The backstory behind this. So I read the manga of Tokyo Ghoul and then watched the anime. There is some discrepancies between the two. So I'm going to kind of talk about both of them as kind of like the general of what happened. Mm -hmm. So in this, Juzo is fighting the One-Eyed King and him alongside other members of the anti-ghoul police force. I can't remember their name. And with him, he has, who has become like a father figure to him. His name is Shinohara. Uh, Juzo is a very sadistic, cold-hearted person. He talks about how he doesn't feel pain. He kills things without second thinking. Second thinking? Second guessing. There we go. He kills (laughs) things without second guessing. And overall, he's like, For example, there's a scene when Shinohara goes, oh, Juzo, if you died before me, like, I would be really sad and I would cry. And Juzo looked at Shinohara and was like, why? He just doesn't get it. He was a very tortured child. And so this character who you always see is just like cold and sadistic watches Shinohara, who has been like a father to him, get killed by the one-eyed king. Mm. And... Not only did he just die from the One-Eyed King, he died after protecting Juzo from an attack. Right, And the One-Eyed King, we of course find out, is Eto, one of the leaders of uh, Aogiri Tree. And the sad part about it isn't necessarily Shinohara's death. Like, yes, that was sad. But it was watching the internal psyche of Juzo just break And him have these feelings that he never thought he could have and that he didn't have words for, it seemed. Yeah. And he watches Shinohara die. Juzo has his flashback moment of all his times with Shinohara. And then this like little boy, like he's like young. He's like an older teen. Mm -hmm. You just see him just scream and tears start rolling down his face and it's such a like guttural, like loud and like antagonizing scream. Yeah. And you're just like, damn. Damn. That hurt. And just um, because you've you've shown me uh that scene in the manga and how they drew it, I feel like is more heart-wrenching than the anime because it's like you can't hear him scream, but you can see that pain all in it. And it's one of the scenes, that panel in the manga is one that they basically 
use that panel as the marker of animating it. And so you basically, if you watch the manga and then watch, or sorry, you read the manga and then watch the anime, you basically see that, oh, this is just exactly what they drew with a little bit of motion. And yeah. it's, yeah, it, it hits every time. Yeah, dang, I remember that too. That was just like, it's it's one of those moments where when you cause an, a character to die, it's not really about their death, but it's how they affect everyone else around them. And they did a perfect example of having such like a cold character like literally lose it at the death of someone it was really good mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so jada number two number two. Oh man okay number two is chrono crusade um this is an old anime that i kind of started watching when I first got into anime, I always watched like the older, like 80s, early 2000s anime. So this was definitely in it. Um, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, you guys can't see this while Jada was talking. I edited the script. And instead of saying after a huge battle, the clock is running low, I changed it to be a different word, kind of like clock, but without the L. <laughs> like the dork he is anyway um so chrono crusade is about a girl named rosette who is a nun and she works in this um church in order to defeat demons um and she has she has a contract with a demon named chrono and their contract is represented in a clock that she wears on her chest and the whole thing is that uh Krona walks around in the body of a teenager like Rosette, but he's actually in his full demon form is a full grown man. But the, um, the clock, when it's sealed, it allows him to basically walk around like a human. But when it's unsealed, he turns into his full demon form. Uh, only kicker is they can only unseal it for a certain amount of time because as much time as they unseal it for is the amount of years that will be taking off of Rosette's life. So Chrono uh, is very affectionate towards Rosette. They're very good friends. And so he really tries not to have her unlock it, but there are moments in the anime where they have to and you know, he always regrets it, but it's usually because there's a big bad that needs to be defeated. So the whole anime is going and the time is just ticking and ticking and she is losing life. And uh, they just finished a huge battle again with the big bad. And they go to a remote house to just spend their last days together. They're both pretty weak um, because she is still tied to Chrono. Uh, he can't fully heal himself unless he's in his full demon mode so he's weak and she's losing her life so she's weak and they're both kind of just spending their last time together so rosette is sitting on the porch bench just looking off into the sunset and chrono joins her and she's kind of just trying to stay positive during this time just saying like wow look at this scenery i wish i can watch it forever you know this is so beautiful i'm so glad that i'm with you Um, but like any human, she has a moment where she just breaks down because she's about to die young. 
she isn't even 20 yet. Like that's how young she is. And she breaks down and she hugs Chrono and she's crying and she's like, I don't want to die yet. And all Chrono can do at this point is just hold her. And, you know, obviously all these things are going on in his head, but he's just trying to be there for her. And this, oh, this crazy scene, all you hear is the clock just ticking. And her last words to Chrono is thank you. And then they both die literally in each other's arms while the sun is setting. And it's a scene where they're sitting on the bench and she's like leaning on his shoulder and he's leaning on her head and they both look so at peace with each other. And it was so sad because you literally went through this whole anime watching their friendship and how they interact with each other and how Chrono protects her and how Rosette does everything she can to protect him, even though he's a demon. Like, oh my God. God, it ruined me. It ruined my life. My life is ruined. Yeah, I got to watch as Jada watched that scene. And that was definitely the one where like the pillow was the most needed. Like we really needed that pillow. Like, oh my gosh. And just like, I haven't watched that anime in years, but seeing that scene alone brought everything back and now I, I I couldn't do it I could not do it and I apologize to everyone if you hear some background noise there are people over at my house I can't control that they have to speak to each other <laughs> understood understood so now that we have gotten past that death I hope everyone grabs their booties uh, cause we got more deaths coming. This oh. one is from a comic got killed. So oh. this is this is a, this death hits me. This is a this is a hard one. So yeah, definitely. So in a comic got killed, we get introduced to a group of assassins, a group of people called Night Raid. And mm-hmm. they are trying to overthrow a very evil monarch in their town. Right. And one of those members of Night Raid is a girl named Shell. Um, her real name is Shelby, but everyone calls her Shell. Very cute. Yes, she's super cute. And there's a scene where her and another member of Night Raid called Mine are fighting this girl her name is Suryu Ubiquitous so Suryu is a member of that governing body's like military slash guard force yeah and they are always of course instructed to look out for night raid and Mm -hmm. to basically kill them on site like they are not trying to kidnap them it's a kill on site order yeah and so Mine and Shell are fighting Sir Yu. It's going really well. Like Shell is really kicking her butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mine is fighting her imperial arms named Koro, who's like a dog that can attack them. And there's a couple of really good moments. Shell cuts off Sir Yu's arms with her um, scissor-like imperial arms. Mm-hmm. But then when you think they've won because Shell has cut off this girl's arms, Suryu 
has been altered by an evil doctor to have different weapons implanted in her body. And one of them that we don't know about is that she actually has a gun in her mouth. Ah. And Shell is walking away, going to go save her friend uh, Mine. I'm always accidentally about to call her Mine because her name is spelled Mine. And in the English dub, they call her Mine. It's Mine. Yes, it is Mine. It's kind of like Hyde and Hide. Yeah. mm -hmm. But so while Shell is walking to save Mine, she gets shot by the gun in Sir Yu's mouth right in front of Mine. Ah, oh, man. Koro then bites Shell in half. Ooh. And we watch it. We watch her torso basically get ripped off of her legs. Eek. And of course, you watch Mine kind of like break down and freak out. At this point, backup has come to help Sir Yu. So people are surrounding her. It really seems like it's going to be the end for both of these characters. Right. But Shell isn't dead. And she is holding on to her weapon. And she's able to use her trump card, which is basically the secret power of these weapons called the Imperial Arms. Mm-hmm. And this trump card of hers basically allows her weapon to let out a blinding bright light. And so with her dying breath, her literally cut in half, she is able to use it. And this light allows Mine to escape with her life. However, she is injured. Oh, man. And as this is going on, we see the bright light and we sh- see Shell's silhouette. And her last words were, I'm sorry, Tatsumi. It looks like I won't be able to hug you again. Ah, oh, the disrespect. Yes. And so very emotional moment. It happens early on in the first season of Akame Got Kill. And within that short amount of time, they really do a good job of like pumping all of the characters full of story. Uh-huh. And her story is one that I think so many people feel and relate to because it's literally just her saying like I was never good at anything she was like I tried to be a maid I couldn't clean I tried to cook I burned all the food I tried to order supplies I ordered everything wrong like she her whole life felt like she was terrible at everything and it wasn't until she joined Night Raid that she realized the one thing she was good at and as like I guess bad as it sounds was like killing and fighting and she was so kind-hearted she had like glasses she was a sweet young lady and you just watch her die and but she does like at the end you're just like no shell it's okay you accomplished so much you were able to save your friend Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a very very sad scene this was one of the ones that like right away when we said like let's do saddest anime scenes I was like I want to do this yep this was gonna be on my list and by the way sir you ubiquitous uh you're a bitch yeah she is you're dead but if I find you in hell we're gonna have problems it's on site on site like Minato kill on site Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. his wasn't a kill on site his was a run on site honestly <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure that's accurate his was like they didn't say kill him on site they said if you see this man run because he will yeah. kill you yeah pretty much 
okay, well, as if it hasn't already been sad enough, let's keep going. (laughs) I just want to see how everyone's doing. I hope that you're not crying as much as I'm trying not to right now. Well, and I hope we've covered already a like enough wide net of anime that at least all of you have seen one of these and can relate on some level. And if you haven't, I encourage you to either, of course, fully watch these animes. They're all great animes. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. just watch the death scene alone, because even without knowing these characters, you feel for them either way. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely something. Um, okay, so number three for me is Assassination Classroom. Um, woot woot. This was such like, it's one of those animes that you look at and you're just like, oh my gosh, this can be so cute. And then you get to the plot and you're like, oh wow, this is really interesting. And then you don't even know how attached to these characters you get until you're like five episodes in and you're like, I would die for you. So um, the whole premise of Assassination Classroom is that these kids who are delinquents, no one cares about them. They are the worst of the worst, get sent to the school and they have one teacher and he is an alien from outer space and literally so powerful like literally anyone kill me before this date and i will spare life it's literally like the plot of the whole anime the whole thing is to try to kill this man this classroom Mm -hmm. yeah and he showed his power by blowing up half the moon like that's how powerful he was and he's like i'm not joking you was about to be a, a moon if you don't try to kill me and they're like um, i will make you the moon for piccolo to moon. cut in half like that'll be it and they're like um okay how can we do this so they gather the worst of the worst kids and they put them in the class and they give them these special weapons they're basically like plastic to humans but they're very deadly for him so they're like kids go for it and every scene of every episode are these kids trying to kill him and it's so funny because not only is he being the best teacher out there and dodging at the same time but these kids are giving it their all like they would be like hey can you help me with this question but also try to shoot him like the dynamic was so funny and so beautiful and I ended up really liking this anime um but the goal is reached and our teacher finally gets the kids get him to a space where they're literally the whole class is holding him down um by the way the teacher's name is Kuro sensei I totally forgot to mention that but um the kids get him to a space after this battle holding him down and I want to say one of his you know prime students was Nagisa uh this cute little guy with blue hair and pigtails he's just adorable and he's literally looming over his teacher with a knife in his hand ready to end it but the teacher Koro stops him and says hey don't kill me with anger or any negativity in your heart don't do that. Give me a smile, you know? And it's in that moment that Nagisa stops and he just remembers everything he's been through with this teacher. And not only just him, but all of his classmates, literally they've gotten so close and learned so much from this alien that literally gave a damn about these kids. No one cared about them. Like, but he did. And he taught them and he was patient with them. And he 
understood them. And Nagisa, you just see these flashbacks of different scenes of not just him, but any other student. And it's like, he realizes how much this alien meant to him, like, and to everyone. And so crying, he smiles and just says, thank you, Kuro-sensei. And Kuro says, you're welcome. Farewell, Nagisa. And it's this narrating scene and the slow motion shot of Nagisa about to plunge the knife into his teacher. And he's just saying, I put everything into that last kill. I put my happiness, my devotion, my gratitude, everything good that this guy has taught me, I put it into ending him. And the knife goes and he bursts into just light. And the students are there and some of them are crying because they lost someone who was so good to them, despite them doing everything to try to kill them. And it was such like, it was a beautiful end to the anime because obviously he had to die, but he wasn't bad. He wasn't. He had moments, Koro had moments where he actually hated humans, but he did everything for these kids. No one can take that from him. And those kids did everything with him and truly learned from him. And it was such a beautiful moment. And I wanted to end it all. This, this one was an ugly cry. This one was snot coming out of my nose, literally buckets of tears I had to pour out of my window and refill them again. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, ugly crying because this was the best teacher. And I always have a spot, a soft spot for good teachers because in my life I've had like three really good teachers that I still am in contact with. And that hit me in all the worst ways. I feel, I feel, I have, I have not watched Assassination Classroom, but I have seen that scene. And it's even without any like context to it, watching it, you feel it. You feel it. Like, you know, like the chemistry is there because these kids are literally crying and regretting and wishing and wanting, but they can't and they have to. And they do it and Kuro feels no regret, no nothing. He was ready and he would only do it by the hands of his students. And that's it. And I, mm. go ahead, go. It's so all my next one is going to be from an anime I don't think a lot of people have watched, but it is from Black Cat, the anime. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this one is going to be The Death of Saya. So Saya is one of the supporting main characters in it. Her mm-hmm. unfortunate passing happens early in the anime within the first couple of episodes. But in that moment, you see her being a driving force for the main character whose name is Train. Mm-hmm. And Train is an assassin, but for whatever reason, he just has a soft spot for the Saya girl. She's also technically an assassin and she wears a kimono and she has the traditional wooden sandals that they wear in Japan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 
one of my favorite scenes from this whole anime is when Train is first meeting her. He's on the rooftop and he's just chilling. That's where he likes to hang out. And then he looks to his left and there's a girl standing on the rooftop. And it's just this like her beautiful, like angelic voice. And then throughout the next few episodes, when things are happening, you'll see like visions of her singing and this song being played in the background. And it's just beautiful. And she was really like a kindred spirit for Train and they were Mm -hmm. friends. And when you're first watching it, you're like, oh my God, is this going to be like his romantic interest? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she is waiting at this fair to meet Train because they, without knowing it, had a foot race and she won. And she, for her winnings train was supposed to buy her ramen which is just ramen mm-hmm. and while waiting she gets attacked by another assassin that train knows named creed Ugh. and creed attacks her and she tries her best she is trying to shoot at him and guard herself and the scene that it shows is really powerful because it's basically from creed's point of view looking at her mm-hmm. and you see her being like oh you're that guy who train was with and then it like cuts and then it comes back and she has like a small little wound and then she's like trying to shoot at him then it cuts again and then it's her even more injured then it cuts again and she's like dying then it cuts again to her just like being on the ground and it's very intense very powerful dang and train ends up showing up and he sees that she's been attacked by creed But unfortunately, Creed had already done enough damage to her where she ends up dying right at the feet of Train as he's looking at her. And her last statement in general was her saying, all I wanted was my Ramane. She talks about the fair and then she looks at him and she goes, the fireworks, they are so beautiful. And then she dies. And then Train, of course, gets very upset and mad. And don't worry, he gets his revenge later on in the anime. (laughs) Oh, good. Because that Creed guy. Mm. Well, there's a really good scene at the end of this anime. Because, spoilers alert, the final fight is between Train and Creed. And when Train is about to shoot Creed and, like, end him, Saya's spirit basically shows up and is standing next to train and she like grabs his hand with the gun in it and basically like helps him shoot creed as she should it was beautiful i still to this day i like will get on youtube and i will just i want someone to post a three hour loop of her singing that song because it is so good just google saya s-a-y-a singing in black cat it's so good so good i love it very sad i love that okay jada let's go for it oh boy this one is a doozy weren't they all i mean yeah but this one's a doozy so if you don't already know um you're probably new here but me and cole love naruto naruto um 
is our life. I literally, <laughs> I think every single episode of the podcast, I have referenced Naruto. In some way. He literally just did it. Sometimes multiple character. times. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's funny how uh, I'm, I'm now referencing it because it's just, I mean, Cole has it too, but. I was going to say, I have a reference later. <laughs> he, he does. He does. He does. Um, but, but we have I, different I, ones. Yeah, we have different ones. I do love Naruto so much. Cole is just like a bigger nerd than I am. With half the data book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my saddest scene in Naruto, I had to pick from three because I have three, and Cole was able to name them right off the bat, which I thought was very disrespectful. But we'll have them in the honorable mentions. Yes. Um, so my scene was the battle against pain where Hinata saves Naruto. Oh man. It, I just rewatching the scene. There were little things that I'm just like, oh, like you kind of forget, you kind of forget how powerful characters are until you like, look at the big picture and you're like, what the hell? Because that whole like battle area where they were fighting pain was a town. That was a village. And he just made it a bowl. Like that whole ring were like houses. It's a bowl now. And I'm like, this man has such disrespect for being that strong and also that disrespectful for not caring. So at this point, you know, Naruto thinks he got the upper hand, but pain is just one-upping him. And he ends up getting Naruto pinned on the ground with what are they called like stakes like you can call them stakes so here we go when you have the renegon and you unlock unlock the six paths technique um one of the things you're able to do is create what are known as chakra receivers and they are these black seemingly metal beams and they can be used as a weapon to attack, like we see Nagato do, we see Obito do it, we see Madara do it. Or if you are using the six paths technique with the Renegon, you are able to insert them into corpses. And in doing so, you can put your chakra in them and it allows you to basically take control of that corpse and use one of the Renegon's powers through it. You're welcome. Thank you, Cole. So, uh, polls that he has. Um, Receivers. Beams. Little, like... Popsicle sticks. Giant nails. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yes, through nails. Okay, so giant nails. He got one on Naruto's hands. His... Uh, palm is right on top of his hand and he has like just a nail right through it and then he got two on his legs and what another two he got like six in total just like in his body and he just chilling there obviously it's very painful and he can't move um and pain is going over his master plan on how he doesn't care and if he could care less he would and right now he's at a solid negative two and here mm-hmm. everyone is surrounding, watching this battle and not doing squat. And my girl Hinata literally is just like, is anyone going to do anything? Is can, anyone going to jump in? Can we have like the same conversation we had yesterday about this? 
like, oh my gosh, she was like literally screaming. Someone tap me in, put me in coach, put and me in. Here's the thing. Hinata possesses the Byakugan. So mm-hmm. she is able to see long, longer distances and see more clearly than some other people. So yep. maybe she was the only one who like truly was understanding the gravity of the situation and could see it. But you sit there and you see everyone being like, oh my God, Naruto, like what's going on? Oh no, all of this, like people like Sakura, his friend and everyone from the village who he Mm -hmm. grew up with. And the one person who has the cojones to jump in there is Hinata. And she stand in there just like, okay, let's do this. She doesn't care that no one else is coming. And it's crazy. This is the same Hinata that in pre-Shippuden was hiding behind a wall saying, Naruto, this is the Mm -hmm. same girl. Character development. She's in a bowl, but she's standing in front of a man who made a village a bowl. She watched him. She watched what pain could do. She knew jumping into this battle, she was not going to win, but she knew she was going to try. And that was it. And literally you see her her first move because you think she's gonna like go to pain her first move was to break one of the nails on naruto making it shorter so that he can kind of pull himself off of it pain automatically sees what she's doing and he oh my god this freaking man literally like throws her into the stratosphere she's gone she's flying she is flying i've never seen a girl fly like that but there she is flying. And you know what? She comes back again and she keeps on going back and forth and he sees exactly what she's doing. And before she can even touch Naruto, there she goes flying again. She tries again, boom, flying again. And her ragdoll, just ragdoll. And Payne is like, bro, what are we doing? And I'm over here like, oh my God, (laughs) Nata, stop hurting yourself. It's so sad because it's like, it's slow. Like you see her trying to save him and then he almighty pushes her. And then she like gets up and she tries again and he just keeps pushing her. Then she's like bloody. She has blood coming out of her face and she makes her uh, tiger palms. She's like, no, I'm freaking doing this. And And she she goes against him. She's like throwing punches and he is insulting her by not doing anything he is just dodging dodging and then finally he pushes her again and this (sighs) scene was so cut because i love i i love hinata she's my favorite character in naruto i love her so much so he pushes her far enough that her body literally can't take it anymore. And she is at the point where she is crawling to Naruto. She can't stand anymore. She's crawling to him. And Pain lets her, he lets her crawl to Naruto, grab the nails that are holding his hand. And before she can even apply the slightest bit of pressure, there she goes, flying again for the last time and then crashing to the ground. And that, that, that did it. Like that is what got her and there's blood on the ground and Naruto's face is perfect. In Sheer this anguish. Because his hands 
are still down. He's looking over at her. You can't see her mouth. It's only from the eyes up. And it's literally like he is so shocked by how much effort she put into it. And now she, he doesn't even know if she's dead or alive. She's just done. She's not moving or speaking. She's not smiling anymore. And this man snaps. And that... Mm. Irma, hold my earrings. Hold it because it's hit snaps. The power unleashes from his body. And who do we see? Our main man. Yeah. And we didn't bring up my favorite part of the whole thing, which is Hinata jumps in there, pains like, why are you here? You're weak. Like you can't compete with me. And oh, she's yes. like, yeah, yeah, maybe, but I'm gonna give it a try. And Naruto, of course, is like, Hinata, no, you're gonna get yourself killed. And she looks at him and taking Naruto's own words, she says, yeah, you might be right, but this is my ninja way. So just and like- it's powerful. Like in that scene, you know that the love she has for Naruto- Waifu. Why not like anything else like literally that showed it if if you had the slightest doubt that her love for naruto was anything but the purest most strongest thing in the world you knew it at that moment best girl oh my gosh and during the scene too there are just flashbacks of hinata playing in her head when they were little before they even had before they even went to the school had tuning exams anything of Naruto literally risking his life to fight these bullies for her and getting pounded, but still doing it, even though her family made her stay away from Naruto because of the nine tails that is in him. Like, and from that time on, she's just been admiring him and just loving how boisterous and how just hardworking he is and how much he doesn't care what anyone thinks about him that he set his mind to something and he's just gonna do it and Hinata loved that about him and she was like I'm not only gonna follow in your footsteps but I'm gonna show you what I can do and oh my gosh that is another scene ugly crying snot spewing from my nose and just trying to console me and deciding to no longer leave the house for a week it was definitely like it's one of the scenes where and I can say this about pretty much all of these Mm -hmm. even though they're sad it does possess me to re-watch them and I think it's one of those like innate human things of like wanting to feel something so when like you're like just like having an okay day, whatever. You're like, you know what? I'm going to watch this because it makes me feel something. And I'm lucky that like now I've watched that scene with Hinata so many times that when I watch it and, you know, spoiler alert, she does not die. And no, she's good. And Naruto is able to defeat pain and then go speak to Nagato and all of that. But it now I watch it and for me it's like this is so good it's so nice to see it's no longer sadness it's more so just like wow this Mm -hmm. human being like I am just enamored with them I think they're so strong Mm -hmm. and so powerful and 
I'm just like, yep. Uh, we always say from the second she jumped into that battlefield, she jumped into best girl status. 100%. Like, she is her up. the, like, I'm not talking about it in Naruto. I'm speaking of anime. In mm-hmm. my opinion, Hinata is the best girl. Get you a girl like that. People could never these days. Could never pull a woman like that. And she continues to show grace and strength and support to Naruto then on. And it's like, it just opened a door for her, for her to just be herself and openly enamored with him and it was just so beautiful and literally like don't ever touch my baby again but she needed that it was perfect it was perfect honestly so on a probably lighter note and one that jada is gonna have zero opinions about my next one is from bleach (laughs) i i do not like bleach i respect it i just could not get into it bleach fans i'm so sorry y'all are cool over there i promise y'all are cool but it just wasn't my cup of tea okay enjoy your cup i will enjoy mine and you know this is one of the members of the big three it has a lot of following behind it also everyone in their heads is going to be like are they going to talk about one piece like one piece is on a big three um no no Sorry, we'll get into it later on a different episode if we decide to talk about One Piece, but it's, long story short, no. No. So the death I am speaking of in Bleach is that of Ukiora. So Bleach fans will know during the Espada arc of Bleach, we have Ichigo and all the members of the Soul Society going against Aizen and a number of espada going from basically 10 to zero going Mm -hmm. up in strength as well okay and ukiora is i believe number four or five maybe six okay he's one of like he's not number one like he's not one of the considered strongest but he is Mm -hmm. definitely super strong like he's up there he's up there yeah but his real like defining quality isn't necessarily his strength, which is obviously immense, but it's his personality and just who he is. Because mm-hmm. it's almost as if this man is a shell. Oh. And when you're in a spada, you are hollow. So you aren't a human, you know? Right. And so yeah, a yeah. lot of times the espada do not like humans. And he's one of those who... He just doesn't understand and he has no emotion. Every time he talks, it's just plain, dry, no emotion behind his eyes. Even when he's fighting, he's just so dead inside. Wow. And after the Espada kidnap Orihime, he is in charge of sitting there and watching her while Aizen is gone. Mm -hmm. And he is like talking to her and he says one of his most famous lines, which is like, are you frightened of me? Do I frighten you, girl? He always calls her girl, never by her name. And Uh, yeah, you just see that like, he has no emotion. He doesn't understand human emotion. He's lifeless. And his tragic end comes when fighting Ichigo. mm -hmm. And 
this is a really great fight. It takes episodes to go. Like, I think it's like a five to six episode fight, but it's really good. And at one point in this fight, Ukiyora kills Ichigo. Ichigo is dead. He has like a giant hole through his stomach. And Okay, wait, I'm so sorry. What are with (laughs) anime and punching holes through people? Well, so he shot it with a Saro. That's still the same thing. Why, why do we, why do we do Why that? it gotta be holes? <laughs> why it gotta be holes? Why it gotta be punched through, shot through, chest, stomach, you know? Like, what happens yeah. to conventional things? Well, all the hollows have holes in their body. That's why they're, they're hollows, because they have a hollow. on Somewhere on their body, they just have a hole. Dang. So for, like, Grim Jow, his is in his stomach. For Ukiora, it's in his chest. And yeah, mostly they're in like the torso area. You see them. Um, the only exception to this is Nanori Tora, uh, who is the guy who wields a scythe. Right. And his is where one of his eyes should be. Oh. Yeah, because there's a scene where Kampachi mm-hmm. stabs him where that eye should be and it just goes straight through and then he like takes off his little like hat that he had over it and he's like hey, hey. Uh, ooh, mm, yeah you tried did. <laughs> but no Ukiora kills Ichigo right. um and then Orihime is like calling out for Ichigo and we at this point still don't understand the extent of Ichigo's abilities and powers but right he goes what is now known as his like full hollow mode because they believe he's like part hollow because he's human but he has like hollow like capabilities oh okay and so he goes full hollow and this is where i'm sure you've seen the art where he is like shirtless and really pale he has like a big horns he has like his Um... long orange hair Oh, yes, 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 yes. I've seen that before. That's him going full hollow. Oh, and okay. that happens. And then his fight with Ukiora continues. And basically, it ends with him killing Ukiora. And he's standing there. And he looks at Orihime. And he says his final words, which is, do I frighten you, girl? Oh, shoot. And then he just like slowly dissipates because at this point he's been so beaten up, he can't regenerate anymore. Right. Yeah. Dang. So he has like one arm, one of his legs is like half regenerated, but not fully. And he just dissipates. And he still has that cold expression in his face. But you get this like feeling from him of like, oh, you were kind of starting to understand and like feel emotion. Oh, wow. And so he, yeah, he is like the definition of like the character who never knew like emotions or friendship or anything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like from a young age, he was just like, I'm here to, it's almost as if he was like manufactured to just be someone who kills. And by the end, it seems like Orihime and Ichigo and watching them all fight as friends kind of cracked him a little. But we don't get to see any more of that because he passes. Wow. Yeah, I can get how that can be such an intense scene. 
And it's like, he's a villain. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, he's mm-hmm. most definitely a villain. I mean, he killed Ichigo and he did it without hesitation. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. still, something about his character just like, you're like, I feel that. Like, you it don't hits. feel anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And at your last moment, you have like a glimpse of, oh, I get it. But you can't go off on that or you can't develop it more because he died. Well, and he looks at Orihime and he says, like, do I frighten you, girl? And as he's dying and dissipating, she looks at him and she just says, no. And because he always felt like people were frightened of him because he was like this like pale, creepy looking guy. And yeah. so it, it kind of makes you feel like in his last moments, he felt like more than just like a killer. Yeah. Damn. It was really good. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah, watch okay. Bleach. I won't, but yeah, <laughs> you guys watch Bleach. <laughs> okay. What is your last one, Jada? Okay. Um, so I know we said we weren't doing like the best or the worst, but this one is the worst moment of my life. The worst, this- but the best for sadness. Yes. Like this is like the best kind you said of sadness. The worst moment of my life. I just got that. Yes, this was the worst moment of my life. Yeah, after that, I've just kind of been like, okay, cool. But this was it. <sighs> there is an anime called Clanad. Um, it is, I watched it during the time I was watching Fruits Basket. So I, I tend, I didn't even do this on purpose, but I tend to have a lot of themes when I'm in anime. Like I tend to state the same things. And if I change it, I try to find things kind of the same thing. So um, this is a slice of life anime, but it doesn't have real like magic. It doesn't have curses like that, but it does. uh, The whole story is about these group of characters going to school and their life in it. So um, really brief synopsis of it. We got two of our main characters, which is uh, Nagisa and Tomoya. They were high school sweethearts. after high school, they got married. They moved into an apartment. Uh, Tomoya got a job as an electrician and just working. And uh, Nagisa has had this sickness since she was a kid. So if she pushes her body too much or if she's too stressed, she ends up like getting a fever and she's kind of bedridden if she gets sick. Um, so Tomoe didn't want her to work, but she still wanted to. There's a lot of things that, you know, although Tomoe wants to protect her, he can't do everything. So she wants to be able to help him. And, you know, during this time they have a kid. Um, one of, I was choosing between the scene or another scene and the other scene was Nagisa dying, but this scene was probably sadder. And it was because of the parallels with both. So they have a kid, Nagisa dies at childbirth, really sad, and Tomoe kind of stays away from his daughter because of the grief he has. Um, the daughter's name is uh, Ushio. It's either Ushio or Yushio. Ushio, that sounds better, yeah. So Ushio at this time is about like uh, six years old, maybe seven, just about that age. And they finally got in- back into that father-daughter relationship Ushio looks just like her mom the only difference is that Nagisa has two you know how anime has like those cowlicks they just have like two antenna 
like they have an antenna hair just sticking out. Mm-hmm. Well, Nagisa had two and it was so cute, but she had like two antennas over her like brown hair. That's the only thing that um, Ushio doesn't have, but she looks exactly like her mom. And there is one uh, winter day that Ushio got sick, just like her mom. She has the same illness and she was bedridden for a few days. And Tomoe was just kind of beside himself. Like he didn't go to work. He was just, he would sit right by her, just watching her, waiting for her to do something, ask for something, need something, you know, and he was just, he wasn't himself during that time. So looking back on it, it's kind of crazy. It's almost like Ushio knew that that was going to be her last day because she gets up after like, you know, a nap or two and, you know, she asked for water. And then previously they had went to go visit Tomoe's mother's house and her house is like by a field of sunflowers. And um, Ushio's like, I want to go back there again, but she's too sick. So at first Tomoe's like, no, like you're too sick. As soon as you get better, you know, we'll go anywhere you want to go. Um, and she's like, no, I want to go today. We need to do it today, you and me. And, you know, he gives in because that's his little girl. And she's like, he's like, okay. So he gets her all dressed up in her cute little winter outfit. Um, he grabs a bag and they head out. And at first um, she's, she's doing fine. She's able to walk fine with him. Um, but they start getting farther and farther down the road. And she starts, she has to stop. She starts breathing hard. And, oh my God. Oh, she starts breathing hard and stumbling a bit and then it starts snowing and it's snowing and she's kind of getting distracted but she's just so weak and you can see it in her and in Tomoe knows that she's getting weak but she consistently is just like come on let's go let's keep going to the point where she literally falls and Tomoe catches her and it's all snow all around them and she's like did we make it and he's like, yeah, yeah, we made it. We're on the train. And she's like, it's so dark. And he's like, yeah, it got pretty late, but we're on the train. We're on our way there. And oh, her last words to Tomoe are, I love you, daddy. And Tomoe's like, I love you too, Ushio. And all you see is her tiny little hand, her little mitten just fall to her side. And Tomoe knows she's gone. Like she's gone and it's snowing and it, the parallel is so disrespectful because he, <laughs> he lost his wife during a storm. It was a rainstorm and they couldn't get her to the hospital. So she had to give birth in their apartment and he lost someone else again. And he's screaming like to his wife, Nagisa, like, come on, please save her. You can't take her from me. Like, I can't lose you both. And he falls down in the snow holding her and he dies too. And when I tell you that this had me not want to see the light of day ever again in my life, I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. I thought Nagisa's death was going to end me. This ended me because it was his little girl. They finally got together. He apologized for not being there for her. He you know, was taking her to school. They ate dinner every night. He was being the single dad that he should have been after Nagisa left him. And she freaking dies. 
So I, <laughs> I have a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you said that obviously she had this illness and all of that, and then mm-hmm. she ended up passing. Mm-hmm. And then he dies as well. Did he have the sickness as well? Or was it kind of one of those, like, he died of heartbreak kind of things? It, it's heartbreak, but also because he stayed in the snow with his daughter. He did not move from that spot. So it was also because he got buried in snow. Hypothermia. Yeah, like, both things. He would not leave. And he ended up passing. And, oh my gosh, that this anime it's it's not a sad anime but it does a beautiful job of getting you attached to characters making you walk with them and then just dropping bombs on you ruining you they got no mercy they don't care like oh you like this character where their dad just died and now they want to end it and i'm like oh 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 okay Okay, like they have such real life problems. Like Tomoe is not close with his dad. Um, there's one of my favorite scenes is when Tomoe asked Nagisa to marry him and he just got uh, done visiting his dad who got put in jail for being an alcoholic. And he's just so pissed at him. And they run out and Nagisa runs after him and he he's so mad that he starts just punching a wall and his knuckles are all bloody and Nagisa stops him and she's like please just stop just don't hurt yourself and Tomoe's just like will you marry me and she's like heck yeah and it was just a beautiful scene and this scene is so sad and I literally (laughs) I want to stop it all like another ugly crying the pillow the pillow was on my face like Cole and I were on FaceTime and he was so slick because he knows that I'm dying over here and he didn't say a word and he's just like Jada how we doing and I'm over here remembering how I cannot breathe you know I'm just one of those people where I'm not like good around (laughs) other people's emotions so I'm like you know what Cole just don't say anything just leave it be and then I was like okay just let her do her thing and then just be like so (laughs) how we doing and literally like each scene of me re-watching these I had to hold back the river of tears and I haven't watched these animes in a while and still those scenes get me and they will forever get me and I'm just like "Mm." Mm." damn god anyway go ahead cole last one here we go well where jada saved her best for last i didn't necessarily save the best like death for last but i definitely saved my favorite anime for last naruto here we go so mine i would say when i brought it up to jada it would be seen as unconventional But for me, the death that hit was Conan's death. And for those of you who don't know, Conan was a member of the Akatsuki. She was really good friends with Nagato, who 
also was the six paths of pain Mm -hmm. that was destroying the hidden leaf village and almost Hinata and after Nagato and Pain's death she takes his body she leaves the Akatsuki and she says okay like uh, we're leaving I'm gonna go hide his body and all of that Mm -hmm. but but But. there's an issue with that Mm -hmm. And that is that, spoilers alert for Naruto, um, Obito Uchiha, who is posing as Madara Uchiha still at this point, he needs that Renegon that is in Nagato's eyes. I'ma need that. Because that Renegon belongs to Madara Uchiha, who Obito is working with. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to take it back and he runs into Conan and he's like, I'll be taking that back. And she's like, I don't think you will. No. She's and she has so many great moments and lines throughout this fight where she's just like, you know, Nagato is dead and he had a dream. I have to keep that dream alive. And then yeah. Naruto, he has a dream as well. And if Nagato was willing to give his life for Naruto's dream, then I'm willing to do that as well. Like best friend vibes. Love it. Love it. And so Obito comes to take the Renegon back. So they start fighting. And Conan, who we have almost never seen fight at this point, like actually fight, Mm -hmm. pulls out all her stops man she does a sea of like 800 billion paper bombs and she tries everything against this man she's doing all her stuff and unfortunately obito possesses two sharingan so he's able to use kamui to absorb the paper bombs so they don't explode on him and then he's also able to use izanagi which I think I always say wrong. It's like Izanagi or Izanagi, whatever. He's able to use that ability to basically like shift the fabric of time. And what it Mm -hmm. does is it allows you to both exist and not exist at the same time so that you can like dodge things and things will just go through you. Mm -hmm. He's able to use that to block her like big final attack like it she said this there were so many paper bombs it was going to explode for 10 minutes damn and so you're like okay he has to be dead and despite all of that obito still with the power of the sharingan was able to overpower her and her death is so brutal and visceral because she gets stabbed literally in the back by obito and then they think she's gonna die and she says no i am here to fight her last words that she says before dying in the battle is i am an expendable i am expendable a mere flower i shall take you with me damn and she with after getting stabbed and after saying how much that sea of a thousand hundred million paper bombs took all her chakra, she says, nope, here we go. And she starts throwing more attacks at him. And and literally, Obito lost an arm. He has one Mm -hmm. arm right now. Yep. 
and he's able to defeat her and how he kills her is what makes it even worse he gets like right in front of her you see the fear in her eyes and he drops his weapon which is a chakra receiver and just grabs her by the neck and you watch her get just choked to death and there are so many deaths in naruto but there's something so human and something that all of us can relate to in a weird way about watching someone just get choked. Like yes. you're using your bare hands to slowly strangle this person. The amount of anger and resentfulness you need to have in order to choke someone to death is crazy. You hear it all the time. Like if you're a fan of true crime podcasts, like I am then you will know that they talk all the time about how like choking is a crime of passion. Like Mm -hmm. you are feeling this person, you are slowly killing them. And that's what Obito did to her. And unfortunately he's able to track down where Nagato is and take the Renegons back. And when you see his body there, He's on a bed of paper flowers that she made in this like beautiful paper garden because her whole thing was that she used paper. That was like her jutsu. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just, and then as Obito like walks away with the Renegon, it cuts to just her body sitting there floating in the waters at the Hidden Rain Village, just like mouth and eyes open. The disrespect. It's a lot. It's a lot. And uh, that is it. That was five of the saddest scenes in anime done by Nerd Knight. How are we doing, huh? (laughs) You know what? I think we got enough time to throw in some honorable mentions. Oh, man um you go well yeah we'll we're gonna rapid fire these we're not gonna go into much detail about them we're just gonna Mm -hmm. kind of say them uh one of mine is naomi from death note she is the female investigator in the first season of death note who oh yeah Mm -hmm. gets outsmarted by light yagami and then he writes in his death note for her to go home and commit suicide after he had already killed ray penber who was her fiance such a nasty scene so mine would be in clan ed nagisa's death just ushio's mom after she gives birth yeah Terrible. that is R- a good one r.i.p queen uh one of the deaths that neither of us talked about that is also from naruto that is the one that i think everyone harps on is of course mm-hmm. the the one death from naruto that we didn't talk about that is probably on everyone's list is of course the death of Jiraiya Sensei at the hands of his former student Pain. Right. That one definitely. is definitely a sad one. <laughs> intense, intense, intense. And if we want to round off the Naruto circle, the other one on Jada's three saddest scenes is of course the death of Obito by the hands of what was her name? Oh, shoot. She is a member of the Okasuki. She was the creator of Chakra. Yeah. 
Kaguya. Kaguya. There we go. Yes. So Obito's death at the hands of Kaguya uh, is also really sad because you get to see Obito change his ways, start fighting with Naruto and all of that. It's so disrespectful when the villain gets the redemption that they deserve and And then they die. killed. Killed. That's so disrespectful. Like you're like, yay, finally. And then you just kill them off. Like, I get it, but don't ever do that again. <laughs> do you have another one, Jada? Um, you know what? I would have to say uh Phil Metal Alchemist. Remember that little girl who turned into a chimera? Yep, yep, yep. Oh my god, that ruined me. I think that ruined everyone in the anime community. If you're a fan of Full Metal Alchemist, just the very thought of it causes you the most amount of heart pain you will ever feel in your life also from full metal alchemist uh literally the first episode where you know the mom is dead and he loses his arm and his brother dies and then comes back as the suit of armor all of that's really sad too that's the best we love that (laughs) uh a more recent one that definitely deserves an honorable mention is rest in peace the death of rengoku in the demon slayer movie we love you king you're the best his his death was pretty sad but listen i've said it once i'll say it again the way demon slayer animates characters crying just doesn't make me feel sad and I said it before, and I'll say it again. Cole's a cold-blooded killer and don't have any emotions. No, I'm just a Gemini. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. Well, I think that's all of them that we wanted to talk about, right? Yeah, pretty much. Those are our sad scenes in anime. So let's do a, let's do a wellness check. How's everyone feeling, Jada? One wanna- to ten. Um, I'm at a solid nine right now, but, um, I want to know if any of our listeners, did you have to pause at moments just to like cope and then get back into it? Or were you able to be a badass and just like, listen all the way through without any ounce of feeling? Cause we had to record it all the way through and hear them all. Oh my gosh. There has to be like one person who was like, oh, they won't talk about this death. And then when we said the name of the anime, they were like, oh no. And then we said what it was and they were like, oh oh, no. mm -hmm. I mean, I think we all got those moments, but yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm going to have a cookie and I'll be better. You know? Oh, the final honorable mention, hello, the entire ending of Code Geass. Oh, yes, definitely, definitely. That was, that was a good one. R.I.P. King. We love you. You did your best. Well, that is the end. It is genuinely night here. So it makes sense that we are nerd night and it is nighttime. Yep, here we go. <laughs> okay, Mario. <laughs> 
So I hope you guys had a great time listening to the episode. Don't forget to favorite and comment and rate this podcast. Tell your friends about it. Get the word out there. Of course, this episode was sponsored by Anchor. So big thank yous to Anchor for sponsoring the episode. You guys can follow us on all of our social media platforms. That is Instagram, which is at NerdNightPod and on our Twitch channel, which is Nerd underscore Night 3. If you guys have any suggestions for future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section and we will review them. Any source material can be found in the description of this podcast. And we wish you guys another great night. Night, guys.